0: Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith, like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Don Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Well, today I have a very special guest for you, and I want to introduce you to her. My guest today is a speaker, and she is a writer. She grew up in the halls of power of Washington, D.C. She has served as a counselor, an educator, a wellness advocate, an adjunct professor, She has served as the trustee of the Baptist International Mission Board for eight years, and she and her husband participated in missions work all over the world, Yemen, Gaza, the Czech Republic, Russia, China, and Romania. And she is an award-winning author, the author of Finding True Freedom from the White House to the world, even endorsed by the late Chuck Colson. I want you to welcome and give a big Arise Esther welcome to my guest today, Ginny Dent Brandt. Hi, Ginny. Hello. Welcome to the Arise Esther podcast. Well, it's great to be here. Lots to share. Lots to share. You know, you and I started to have this podcast before and then suddenly e, your internet went out and we found out that uh, while well, the wire got run over, disconnected.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> Amazing. But it's all fixed. All good.
0: So, and so the good news is we're back, you know, because I think I know you have a message that really needs to be told and in some ways it almost felt like it was just being shut down, like the enemy wanted us to be quiet. But we're back and we're going to share. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are and your story.
1: Well, you told about pretty much who I am, but it was four months after my mother herself died of breast cancer that I accidentally found a lump in my breast. Mm -hmm. It was in the middle of the night and my ring got caught in my nightie. And as I struggled to free it, I felt the lump. And I thought, what in the world is that? I wasn't concerned about it, but I immediately checked it out. And the first bad news came when the doctor said, it is cancer. The next week he told me more bad news. It's aggressive. And then I went to the surgeon's office to get the results of my MRI just a few weeks later. And the doctor told me such unbelievable words. I told him he'd have to show me for me to believe what he was saying. He said, it looks like the cancer has spread to your lymph nodes and other parts of your body. I didn't believe him. Mm -hmm. And so he took me in his office and he flashed my body, that MRI up on a life-size screen. And it looked like a tornado had invaded my body. Wow. You talk about shock and denial, but here I want to tell everyone, it's so important when you have any medical condition, a stage three or four cancer or progressive cancer or anything serious, that you get a second opinion. And that drove me to get a second opinion at a specialty cancer center. And it's one of the best things I could have done and your insurance pays for it. So why not do it?
0: Why not do it? So let's stop just for a minute and back it up. I cannot imagine having that report. There are many friends around me and people around me that have received that just like you. You talk about shock and denial. Can you take us just a little bit deeper? What was that emotional moment like for you? Were you completely numb?
1: I was completely numb. And like I say, I I kept trying to deny it. And I really... I remember lying on my bed and staring at the fan above me and just going, how could this happen to a health nut like me? And every morning I would wake up and I would say to my husband, honey, do I have cancer or is this just the nightmare I need to wake up from? (laughs) And every morning he would say, yes, honey, you have cancer. It was a shock. Because I was known as a health and wellness advocate, and I did practice healthy habits, and I was a good Baptist girl who didn't drink and smoke, and those are two of the risk factors for cancer. So uh, am I hearing that this then
0: was not genetic, or it was genetic, and uh, then you decided to, I want to hear about this second opinion. That was an important
1: piece of your healing, wasn't it? It was when I went to get that second opinion, they went over the eight risk factors for the breast cancer I had and I didn't have one of them. No. So that really perplexed me. And then my oncologist ordered extensive genetic testing since my mother had just died from breast cancer even though she was 82. And then those results came back showing nothing. Well. I'm no dumb bunny. I know that something caused my cancer. So I kept digging and digging and researching and reading books and listening to to medical doctors being interviewed online and discussing these things. And it took me several years to connect the dots and figured out what caused my cancer. And it's never one thing. It's usually multifactorial, unless you happen to be at Chernobyl when it blew up and got all that radiation. Okay. Right. But in general, for most people, it's, it's several things. And so
0: not one of the eight high risk factors was present and it was not genetic. You've got to be baffled now. And, and, and I imagine fear at this point when the, the denial starts to go away and you have to come into acceptance and say, this is a journey I have to take. This is something God is asking me to walk through. Uh, What, you connecting the dots,
1: what did you discover, Jenny? Well, let me tell you this first of all. The chaplain at the hospital, I was so baffled. I went to meet with him before my first surgery. And I said, I don't understand how a health nut like me got cancer. And he said, Jenny, I know you don't understand. I don't either. He said, but I will tell you this. Your healthy habits didn't prevent this cancer, but they will get you through the journey and the treatments. And I was like, really? He said, yes. And he said, you're an author, you're a speaker. Consider this your gift from God for you to help other people. But I hate to tell you, Dawn, I didn't say, yippee, let me do it. I said, you don't understand. I don't want this gift. (laughs) And that is truly the way that I felt. But as I researched and I began to learn what caused my cancer, and then I realized that most women I know are doing these very same things. And I realized we're all sitting ducks. There was no way I wasn't going to write the book and speak and inform people so they wouldn't have to go down this nightmare of a journey. Well, we want to hear all about it. So tell us the
0: title of the book and let's get into it. What did you discover? I mean, I'm, I'm eager to hear about this. I want to know, am I a sitting duck? <laughs>
1: We're all sitting ducks, is what I learned. The name of the book is Unleash Your God-Given Healing, Mm -hmm. Eight Steps to Prevent and Survive Cancer. And even though I was a breast cancer patient, these same eight steps that I learned along the way will help you to reduce your risk for any other type of cancer, as well as for any disease, including COVID-19. You know, if we lessen our susceptibility to COVID by social distancing and following the CDC guidelines and wearing a mask and these kind of things, then we're going to lessen our exposure. That's important. But don't you also want to build up your immune system Mm -hmm. so that you're less likely to get it? You put the two together, it's a double whammy in a good way. Okay. So there are eight steps in my book all backed with medical research and an oncologist coming behind me with commentary because the book is written with commentary from a well-known oncologist, Dr. Robert Elliott, who is also a major medical researcher. The first five steps in my book were ones I learned along the way, but I realized I had to go deeper. I thought I was a health nut. What did I miss in these five steps? Then there were three more I learned through the school of hard knots.
0: Mm, yeah. And
1: those three, I had literally flunked and I discovered, yes, there were reasons for my cancer. Everything has a reason. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. if you don't
1: discover the reason, you can't prevent it from coming back.
0: You can't prevent it. So I like what you're saying. So it's a both end world. Yes, we can lessen our susceptibility by in, in terms of COVID by wearing the mask or in in other diseases by staying away from things, but we've got to strengthen and build up our bodies, our immune systems. What did you find in these eight
1: steps? Are you gonna share them with us? Well yes, the all of the steps build the immune system. Mm. Every one of the eight steps. Cancer is all about the immune system. COVID yeah. Flues, viruses, autoimmune diseases are all about the immune system. And God has given us our immune system as a gift. It is so intricate, it is so miraculous. However, if we don't do the right things, our immune system will not work as God intended. And that is the problem. Let me start with the first step that anyone can do because it doesn't cost a dime. The first step is hydration. Mm-hmm. And when you look at proper hydration, which is half your body weight in fluid ounces daily at a minimum only, if you sweat, if you um, feel a cold or flu coming on, you need to increase hydration if you go to higher altitude. So that's just the minimum. But if we get proper hydration, then what happens is it enables our immune function to go up. It enables every system in our body to work as God intended. And we want that. And when you're talking about hydration, what things
0: qualify for hydration? Is just H2O? Well, actually, it's
1: more than H2O. But that is the main thing. And anyone can afford to drink water. But if you were to squeeze a lemon or lime or fresh juice, those would qualify as water. Okay. Okay. But anytime you drink a drink that has caffeine or alcohol in it, the caffeine and the alcohol acts as a diuretic. So what I tell people is if you want to drink a cup of coffee in the morning, fine, but you need to make up for that amount of fluid with more water. Mm -hmm. add to your water intake because of that coffee if you want to drink a glass of wine at before dinner or with dinner Mm -hmm. then add an extra glass of water before dinner to make up for it Mm -hmm.
0: it's so funny that you're saying that because just a few days ago i was sitting with my team at church at tribes church and we talked about water. And I said, I really feel like God is just speaking to us about this water thing. I said, Hey guys, we got to make sure that we're drinking more water. And I'm grabbing my water bottle because I'm now I have to take a drink. That is so important. And you know what, Jenny, honestly, I got to confess. There are times when I'll have more coffee in the day than I do have water. So Bam, right on. I'm I'm feeling number one already hydrated. Well, just
1: let me say this about yeah. about COVID. You have a barrier system made of water in your sinus and your respiratory system. That system is a water barrier pr- to protect you when viruses and flus come in. If you're properly hydrated, you're not as likely for COVID to attach into your sinuses and activate. Okay. So that's true for flus and colds and other things. Since I've learned this, and since I finished chemotherapy five years ago, I have not had one cold, flu, or virus. Now, I'm not saying I can't get one. I'm saying that I'm just not as likely because I'm keeping properly hydrated and doing these eight steps that build my immune system. If I overexpose myself or if I slack off, then yeah, I can get it. And if I'm constantly exposed, I might still get it, but I probably, it won't manifest in my body as it will some people who have underlying secondary conditions.
0: Yep, those health risks, those health issues that are going. And so it's so powerful what you're saying. So, and 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 the, the good news is, like you just said, who can't afford water? We can do these. These are things that we can do and Probably we're responsible before God as a good steward of these
1: temples to do, right? Well, think about it. Jesus told us that he is the living water. He was comparing our body's spiritual need of him to our body's physical need for water. That's a powerful analogy and simple. Like you said, anyone can do it.
0: Yes. Okay, so we have hydration, and we're all drinking water right now as we're listening to this, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so water throughout this interview is acceptable. All right, what else do we have? What's
1: the second step? Definitely deep sleep, mm. because it's when we get into deep sleep, sleep that God has designed our body to repair, restore and detoxify itself. Now, while you and I are doing this interview, our body is performing miracles, okay? But when we are in deep sleep at night, those miracles go up exponentially. Mm -hmm. And a chemical in your body, a hormone goes off in deep sleep only, and it's called melatonin. Mm -hmm. It is a major immune builder for COVID, but it's also a major cancer fighter. So if you're not getting deep sleep at night, and that is happening on a continual basis down the road, you could eventually develop cancer cells because your body is killing cancer cells during the day Mm. on an everyday basis. We all have cancer cells, but your body's taking care of business. At night, your body ramps up that cancer fighting ability. So we don't want to block that from happening by not getting deep sleep. Mm. What would
0: you say to someone who says, um, for example, even myself, um, recently just had uh, some family tragedy and my, my sister's son passed away unexpectedly and a very young man. And so for the last month, I have not slept well at all. I just went to my health food store and got some melatonin. Do you, is, that, was, is that a wise step?
1: Is that a good step? What do you say to someone who says, I'm not sleeping well? Well, I will tell you that my cancer doctors told me to take melatonin during the cancer journey because they were gonna give me chemicals in chemotherapy that were going to keep me awake while killing the cancer. Okay. So I, they wanted me to take melatonin. I took it for at least a year, but I would also recommend that you go back to the health food store and find some natural sleeping substances to help you sleep. Not that you wanna depend on anything, but it's better than the prescription drugs as far as the side effects. Some of the herbal remedies, I use essential oils that have lavender and mm-hmm. vanilla in them. Mm-hmm. There are other things you can use. There's another Gaia Herbs called Sound Sleep, an herbal remedy that would be at a health food store. That also works well for me. But there's I have a whole sheet in summary of that chapter on sleep, telling you what to do so you don't get in that situation. If you drink caffeine after three o'clock, you're not helping your body to sleep at night. So sometimes it's what we're doing and exposing ourselves to computer lights and lights in the room. And it goes against the circadian rhythm that God has built into our body where our body naturally starts to sleep, go down when the sun goes down a few hours later, and then we wake up to the sun. That's called the circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of suggestions in the book for what to do about sleep. I also recommend to people that they get a sleep study if they're really having difficulty and it's not due to an incident that's recently happened. You know you know, yours is related to the death of this loved one, but for people that constantly have a problem, they probably need to go to a sleep type doctor and have a study done to make sure they're breathing correctly at night
0: yes and that makes sure that it's not a sleep apnea or something That's like that exactly so right. what i am definitely hearing you say is don't ignore it don't just say oh i never sleep well at night because i'm hearing you say that is very detrimental to our well-being our health and even promoting
1: cancer right or preventing COVID nineteen. Your body, if you're exposed and you go to sleep that night, your body is designed to attack, attack. foreign invaders. Mm-hmm. So you, it, it does that during the day, but it just does it more at night. So we're just, it, it's free, just like hydration, and we certainly don't want to leave it out.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Perfect. Number three. Number three is definitely the one step that got me through every part of the cancer journey. And that is exercise. You remember that chaplain told me, well, your healthy habits didn't prevent this, but they will help you get through the journey. Boy, was he right. And exercise is the bingo on that because from the first moment I was diagnosed, I would take long walks in the neighborhood to relieve the stress. And then after my first surgery, I had over a hundred stitches and I came out of that surgery room with more tubes and medical apparatus attached to my body than I knew what to do with. And I looked at that nurse and I said, what do I have to do to shed all this stuff? And he said, if you can walk four rounds of the hospital floor by 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'll start taking things away. Like that catheter. That was the main thing I wanted to get rid of. So the next morning, this gal was ready to go. Yep. I got up, it felt good to move. I'm pulling the pole behind me with all the medical tubes and attachments. And you're not gonna believe how far I walked that day, it felt so good. I walked two miles on the oh. hospital floor. During the middle of my walk, the nurses were calling my surgeon to make sure it was okay because they'd never seen this before. And the surgeon said, as long as she has the energy and the balance, let her go, it'll only promote healing. Again, she was right. I got back to my room after lunch, the respiratory therapist came in and said, your respiratory rates are wonderful. I heard about what you did. Walking was the best thing you could have done. Then the surgeon comes in and not only releases me a day early, but she said, all those tubes your husband was supposed to babysit for a few weeks that nobody wants to go home with, I'm pulling them today. Your body has taken care of everything. She said, this is the first time I've let a cancer patient go home, breast cancer patient, after surgery with no tubes draining from her breast. So it did so much, prevented blood clots, promoted healing, got the anesthesia out. So that was, exercise was key at every part of my journey. And no one told me to do that. I did it by instinct. And then it got to chemotherapy time. Well, this was the gal who never wanted to have her body subjected to chemotherapy, but when you know three different doctors at three different hospitals tell you that you will die if you don't, then you have to get up the nerve and figure out how you're gonna do it. So my plan was I'm gonna walk two miles before chemotherapy, hydrate extensively during chemotherapy, and then walk two miles after chemotherapy if I possibly could. Well, I was able to do it every single time. And then after chemotherapy was over, and I did so well, I was climbing mountains and snow skiing during chemotherapy, okay, which is unheard of. It's unheard of, yeah. Then Australia comes out with 30 cancer entities came together to give one report on the value of exercise in preventing cancer and getting cancer patients through the journey. And what they summarized was the best thing a cancer patient can do is exercise at every part of the treatment. But that didn't come out until after I had done it. And my doctors were telling me, see what you did? And you see what they're saying now? Because the doctors didn't even know at that point. They would tell people after chemotherapy, most people would go home and lay down for a week. Mm -hmm. That is the worst thing you can do after putting that poison in your body because poison in attack cancer cells, and then you want to stimulate your lymphatic system, which is part of your immune system, to attack the cancer cell and move it out of your body. So the sedentary lifestyle does not go with being treated for cancer or preventing cancer.
0: Powerful stuff, Jenny, just powerful. And you know, did you feel like the Holy Spirit was giving you wisdom and intuitively just- Oh
1: yes, I, I prayed for wisdom, my husband and I prayed for wisdom in all the treatments and everything we did and how we we handled it. And some things I did by instinct. I just figure it was God speaking. I didn't realize it until later when I got the confirmation how well it worked. But then you have to take a pill for five years, chemotherapy by mouth, and it kills your bone density and causes a lot of side effects, Mm. some in more people than others. And I exercised all the way through and was able to hold my bone density, which is almost impossible in a cancer journey like this without taking the medical shots and remedies and pills. So I was able to do it without that. The important thing is that you hold your bone density through all the chemo and all the treatments for six years. Now you said that you were uh, a health nut before that. So did you have
0: a pretty good baseline with exercise and those kinds of things already then?
1: I did. I would I usually walk 2 to 3 miles a day, so you know, someone who doesn't walk 2 to 3 miles a day would not walk 2 miles after a major surgery, okay? Right. And of course you would want your doctor's permission. If you operated on your leg, your doctor would tell you to stay off of it and not move until it had healed because it might swell. Mm-hmm. So, depending on the surgery, you know, that would either Most people would be better off walking as much as they can. But if you don't walk on a regular basis, you'll have to build up over time. Okay. but You do what you can when when you can, and you start slowly.
0: Yes. So still I'm hearing these are all things that we can do and should do, and we will start doing as a result of this
1: (laughs) podcast. Um, Number four. Number four is definitely using food as medicine. Mm -hmm. Now, as a teenager, I certainly deserved the queen of junk food crown. That's the only crown I really deserved and (laughs) earned. And I learned very quickly that I couldn't just eat junk food and get by with it. Some people can get by with it more than others. I was not one of those people. When my father got Alzheimer's disease, I began to study with the medical research doctors and go to their conventions. And I learned that Alzheimer's is by and large, a lifestyle disease with some genetics, just like cancer, Mm -hmm. about 80, 85% is what we do, 10, 15% is genetics. So I started changing my diet and eating more fruits and vegetables when my husband got prostate cancer. And we learned how important those fruits and vegetables are, according to the doctors Mm -hmm. that handled his case. And then when my dad got Alzheimer's, I learned from those medical research doctors that fruits and vegetables are key to providing phytochemicals, as well as antioxidants and key nutrients our bodies need to fight all the free radicals that are in our environment today. So we were gradually getting our fruits and vegetables up. But when they told me I had cancer, then I realized I wasn't eating even enough fruits and vegetables. I now eat 10 to 12 per day. Ooh, wow. Per day. My diet is more plant-based than it has ever been. And when you look back in Genesis, after God created everything, he said, I have created these plants for you to eat. And then later on, medical science will clearly show that each plant Each herb, each nut, each seed, each fruit, each vegetable has a plant chemical profile and they all do different things to promote healing in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started using food as medicine instead of just, if I just ate what I wanted to eat every day, it would be a cheeseburger, french fries and a milkshake. I mean, I could eat that three times a day and be happy, but that's not how you eat a plant-based diet and I drastically changed my diet
0: yes and yeah because those types of habits those eating habits are definitely going to lead to disease in the body because we know it's not even food many times what we're eating it's it's
1: created in some lab somewhere so is, and that is not good. I eat organic now. Before, people would warn me and say, well, you know, you got those grapes from Mexico. You know, they're loaded with chemicals. And I'd say, well, apparently my body's able to handle it, so I'm not going to worry about it. Apparently, my body wasn't handling it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now I, I go by the clean... 15 and the dirty dozen rule there are certain fruits and vegetables and it's on my on my blog site mm-hmm. that actually don't have a high chemical residue no matter who grows them they just don't okay. and so you can eat those without them being organic and then there are those that we call are the dirty dozen that have the highest pesticide rate according to the usda and those i eat organic okay wow that's great
0: and i know in the show notes today we're going to have all of your links and your website and all of that but we'll mention it again at the end of the of the program because i know people are going to want to to look that up and find that so we've got the the clean 15 and we got the dirty dozen we're treating food as medicine have you ever heard of juice plus i don't normally push a product but if someone doesn't feel like they can eat that much food are there supplements that we can take for that as well
1: Yes, Juice, Juice Plus would be one of those, but I wouldn't depend on getting it all, all from Juice Plus. Some, you know, you can count that. I think it counts as what? Four or five servings of fruits and vegetables. So if you got seven and then you got that, you would have 12. Okay. But I wouldn't get it just all from Juice Plus because you want to get it directly from the whole foods as much as possible. But I do think it helps you to get that edge to get that those numbers up there. Yeah. And I do a green drink um daily that has it's similar to juice plus you just you just drink it every day but the point is that if you're getting seven to eight on your own and i get five or six just in my daily smoothie that i that i drink and they're filled it's filled with superfoods, and that's also in my book a recipe to make my banana chocolate blueberry smoothie and it's to prevent all it actually is a breast cancer preventer and Alzheimer's preventer it really hits everything and those blueberries are good for kidney function you name it immune building so we follow the rule of eating a cup of blueberries a day oh.
0: I love blueberries so that will work for me <laughs> okay six
1: all right six is using your faith to manage your emotions now, this is one that I thought I was doing pretty well, in. I was a counselor, but I did have something happen 15 years, for 15 whole years before my cancer journey, and that is all four of my in-laws and my parents passed, my father to Alzheimer's disease, a 10-year journey, my mother's breast cancer, and my mother and father-in-law both went down in a really tough way. We were the main caregivers. Mm-hmm. My sister with my dad helped me there, but we were the main caregivers so for 15 years we did not have a normal life it was work and caretaking and there wasn't much life in between which led to a lot of a lot of grief and stress Mm -hmm. it was the long-term grief I didn't realize until later that long-term grief it's one thing to have short-term grief Mm -hmm. but when it goes on for 15 years Mm -hmm. and you're in a grief tunnel you can't crawl out of it can derail your immune system. And again, cancer is all about the immune system. So when some of the doctors and psychiatrists sat down with me at the cancer center and they said, you know, you don't have these eight risk factors, but you do have grief, constant grief and the stress that, that all of that caused. And I would con- they considered that a risk factor for my cancer, even though the American Cancer Society did not list it. Mm -hmm. so it's important I know now things I could have done that I do now to help keep my sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system balanced and I use a heart coherence app which is also in the book it's just a deep breathing exercise there are just things I realize my body doesn't I mean there are certain things that can get my body going in a wrong kind of way and I've had to learn how to deal with that and then In the book, I go through all the emotions, all the positive emotions God has given us, including laughter, singing, hope, joy. And you have to use those to help overcome the negative emotions because all of the negative emotions can impact your health when they're not short term and they're long term.
0: Absolutely. You know, the body soul connection is so powerful. And you just said it, you know, laughter doeth good like a medicine. It is a medicine. And stress, you know, I'm a survivor of childhood trauma and I was in trauma for a long period of time. And as a result of that, I went through the chemical imbalance, post traumatic stress, but, you know, right. um, the anxiety and depression, because biologically my brain was changed because of being in grief or stress for such a long time. And then the immune disease, you know, so, um, so it's so powerful what you're saying. And, and um, there's toxicity in negative emotion. And the Bible is very clear on that, what that does to our bodies uh, arthritically and for joints and on and on it goes. So God is amazing how he's put us together, Ginny. It's so powerful. I I certainly learned that in the journey. Yeah, I bet you did. And I'm so eager to get your book and read it. So we're getting down towards the end here. So we've got six, seven, and eight to go. And again, it's the eight steps that we're talking about to unleash our
1: health. So give us number six. All right, number six is definitely gratitude. Even though it's an emotion, I put it separately because it has the most research to show that it promotes healing. In the body and when you look at what Paul said as he was writing from prison in Philippians he says in Philippians 4 6 through 8 when you're in the middle of the trials of your life pray about everything give thanks in everything and concentrate on the good things what's holy what's just and that is the secret to getting through difficult trials because all three of those calm the emotional brain in the middle of the trial so your body can promote healing Mm -hmm. and that's why that's so important and again gratitude has the most research Mm -hmm. but the seventh one i have to tell you i totally flunked and it's not listed by the american cancer society or breastcancer.org as of yet but they are starting to talk about it as a possible risk factor and that is lowering your toxic load I told you when those doctors told me, you know, we don't see a reason for your cancer. You don't have the genetics. You don't have the normal risk factors. I kept looking and I had my body analyzed for toxic levels. And when I did that, it was like bingo. Mm -hmm. It was actually by accident because I was in part of a clinical trial study. And what I found was my body contained toxic chemicals, including glyphosate and the Agent orange pesticide. And I never served in Vietnam. It's coming from our fruits and our vegetables and in our water table. And so I had to get those toxic chemicals. You can't get rid of them, they're everywhere, but you can lower your load. And the most common place we're exposed is right in our own home. You know, so I had to carefully look and my book carefully goes through the toxins I found The test results, what I swapped out in my pantry as a result, Mm -hmm. what I swapped out in my cleaning supplies as a result, Mm -hmm. and how I do things differently. It's not that hard now that I've done it. Mm -hmm. But the point is, I finally got my toxic load lowered. Why does it matter? Because now my immune system can work as God intended. Mm -hmm. And of all things, like five or six of the chemicals at high levels in my body were all endocrine disrupting chemicals, and I had an endocrine-driven cancer, bingo, the doctor said. When they saw the results, they said, we didn't know you could do tests like this. And bingo, this certainly contributed to your cancer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it would some of those toxins include like plastics too? We're microwaving our food with plastics and those things getting into our body
1: as well. And, and plastics are endocrine disrupting chemicals. They're mm-hmm. coming in through water supply. I don't drink out of plastic bottles anymore. I carry my steel Yeti with me everywhere I go. I mean, I've just learned to live differently because the chemicals are all gonna be around me. I can't stop all the chemicals right, right. and they're increasing every year. Mm-hmm. I can cut my exposure and so that I have a minimal exposure and then my body is made with five filtering systems to handle things like that. Mm -hmm. But my load was so high, my body couldn't handle it. Mm. So my immune system, again, got derailed.
0: Mm -hmm. So you went through that testing, you lowered your toxic load, and now, of course, you're very aware of those things and do do the best that you can in that. And that leads us to what is the eighth step?
1: The eighth step is... Heal your gut. Hippocrates said thousands of years ago, all disease begins in the gut. Mm-hmm. And if we don't eat gut healthy foods, and if we and if we eat foods that hurt the gut, there are foods, a lot of processed foods, a lot of gluten for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that irritate our gut. And I learned that, you know, chemotherapy, whoa, you talking about antibiotics destroying the gut? There's nothing worse than chemotherapy, which I had over an entire year. And so what mm-hmm. I found was my naturopathic doctors at the hospital, because my hospital at Cancer Treatment Centers of America provided naturopathic doctor and a nutritionist on my case the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I said, what was done to protect my gut now that I've learned about the gut? And they said, we gave you l glutamine powder, and the vitamin C infusions help to protect your gut. But after the chemotherapy was over, I completely restored my gut by eating three probiotic foods a day, and two of them are in my smoothie. Oh. And, and what, it's also important to find out if you're allergic to any foods. If, if foods are not reacting in you, they might be a health food, but to you it might not be. Mm-hmm. So I really recommend the food antigen test but I've got my gut working as God intended now. And if a COVID gets through my glove or my mask and goes down my mouth and gets in my intestine, I'm pretty confident, as long as I'm not overexposed, my gut lining is designed by God to attack and take care of business. Mm -hmm. So having a healthy gut is key to having a healthy body.
0: And that's, you hear a lot about leaky gut
1: And is this a similar what you're talking about? This is exactly what you're talking about. When you don't eat the right foods, your gut is supposed to keep the large particles out from going into your bloodstream Mm -hmm. and it causes a leaky gut. And then things that aren't supposed to pass into the bloodstream pass into the bloodstream. And that is not good. So now I have a healthy gut. And like I say in five years after chemotherapy, I rebuilt my gut. i Do these eight steps so far. No colds. I usually get two or three. I used to get two to three colds a year. I used to catch a lot of things that came around. I do not so far. I'm not saying I can't get COVID, but if I lessen my exposure while building my immune system, then I have a better chance of not getting it. Well, it makes amazing sense to
0: me, and I think it's such an important message. I'm glad. I'm sorry for what you went through, but I'm so thankful that you took your journey seriously and that you got a hold of God and his amazing grace. And you decided, you know what, this isn't just for me. This is for others as well. When you learned what you did, the name of the book is Unleash Your God-Given Healing, Eight Steps to Prevent and Survive Cancer. You are six years past cancer almost six years almost six years thank you so much for writing that thank you for sharing that with us how is life for you today
1: well it's great i've been out promoting the book i've i've done tv interviews down in atlanta down in florida in largo florida i've been busy doing all kinds of things like this to get the message out there i do have a cancer prevention blog on my website and you can sign up to get the weekly weekly blogs. Next week, we're gonna talk about bee venom and how they found that it can actually kill breast cancer cells, especially for the triple negative cancer that there really isn't a really solid cure for. So it gives hope in that area, but all breast cancer cells bee venom, believe it or not. So mm-hmm. I keep finding out things and I keep sharing things and autophagy is where you don't eat all day long so that your body is is fasting more during the day. Yes. And that helps to kill off cancer cells and cells that aren't healthy and flus and viruses. So it's important, you know, we tend to eat from sun up. you know, from the moment we get up to when we go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. Research in medical science clearly shows that is not the best thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There needs to be times where we don't eat so our body can go into, autophagy which is where it kills off those cells that need to be killed off and we want our body to do that because god created it to do that to keep us healthy well
0: and i think that's um a lot being said right now about the um intermittent fasting which i think is what you're speaking to as well and our society you know jenny you you know this better than i do for sure but We have a lot of obesity in our society, and I think it's so wonderful to start getting some of these revelations now that science is working with holistic doctors and and farm. we've got from farm to table now. We're figuring out that there are very painful consequences to the way that we've been treating our bodies, and it's so great to become aware so that we can be
1: empowered, so we can make better decisions. Absolutely. I just did an article that posted this week on brain flow and brain activity. It all goes down as your weight goes beyond normal. Oh. So that's a contributing factor to Alzheimer's because blood flow is the greatest, you know, thing they look at in relation to developing Alzheimer's disease. And my father died from that. So I don't say it to hurt people that weigh too much because I had to look a good take a good look at myself. I weighed 30 pounds less when I got married. I'm thinking, why do I need 30 pounds more? I've got 10, 12 of it off. I've got another 10 to 15 to go. But I'm now determined because of what medical science says, my weight down so that my body is working at optimum. It's
0: incredibly important. And again, like you said, you know, not to hurt anyone, no shame. This is not judgment, but it's It's important to sound the alarm to say, you know what, God's got you on this earth for a purpose and let and let God be the one who decides when it's your time. Let's not go out because we're not eating right, because we're not sleeping, we're not caring for our bodies, we're not doing the things that are our responsibility And it's a joy, isn't it? After a while, when you start feeling well, isn't it a joy? When I meditate and I breathe and I give God thanks and I'm intentional about gratitude and and my toxic load is is low, I feel so much better.
1: Vitality
0: in life, right? And now, because our bodies are the vehicle that carries around our spirit, our soul, that's on assignment from Jesus to change this world and lead people to Christ. I can't do that work when I'm feeling sluggish and tired and exhausted.
1: No, we can't, and I think it's encouraging for those people who are in the cancer journey to know that even though a doctor may have to bring out chemotherapy and these things to save your life, your body, if you do the right things, during and afterwards, can actually heal from that because God created our body to regenerate and heal.
0: Yes. Well, I know who I'm sending this to right away because um, my daughter in-law's mother just got diagnosed and she does have to have a um a double mastectomy. And so I know that um, she's a survivor. she's she's we declare that at the front end of her journey before she even gets to the rest, and I'm gonna give her these points. So tell us where we can find you and where we can find your blog. And again, those will be in the show notes, but give us your website,
1: Ginny. It's Ginny, G as in girl, I, N, N, Y, and then Brant, B as in boy, R-A-N-T dot com. And they can actually download uh, chapter three, which is the exercise chapter in my book, if they sign up for the blog
0: beautiful and otherwise they can get your book on amazon or at your website where do you That's recommend either
1: one either, either one is one. fine.
0: okay either one is fine so there it is unleashing your god-given healing come on everybody let's get our bodies together thank you for being on a rise esther thank you for going through your esther moment and living with courage and boldness Final word or prayer for the people listening today.
1: Well, I just pray that people would carefully consider how they take care of this temple and this wonderful body that God has given us. Mm-hmm. Because our whole goal is to serve him. And it is, like you said, it's hard to serve if you're constantly sick. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like we need to look at this seriously as I had to do, because I went through the school of hard Knox I want people to look at it up front not waiting until some crisis like this happens do what you can to be preventative so you're not in the situation I was in not that you can't get through it but it would be better off if I had never gone through that mm-hmm. and I think that's that's important to note that God can get you through it he can use it in your life but you really don't want to go there it's a tough long hard journey so be preventative and look at these things you can put it in place and not when you're down on your knees screaming and crying because you're trying to figure out what's what's going on do it then but let's not go there that's the important thing I pray that people would get a hold of the health of their lives so they wouldn't have to get COVID and have these exaggerated things go on because there's already inflammation in their body and inflammation comes on top of it or that people would you know, not get cancer. One in eight women are getting breast cancer today. One in two people are getting cancer in the generation born today. That's too many. It's, that's too many. That's way too many.
0: And so you, you heard it today, friends. You have control, much more control than what you might think that you have. You don't have to be a sitting duck like we heard at the beginning. Of this program you have power take it all of these things are within our ability to do and i am so thankful jenny thank you for being with us on arise esther today and i hope and i pray i i am getting your book but i hope that all of our listeners today will take advantage of this great work thank you so much and again i am your host Don scott damon you've been listening to arise esther and, um, I have a question for you, ladies. Is this your moment to arise? I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseester.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on thearisemovement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, Visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And while you're there, take the 60-day freedom challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again,
1: keep rising. This is your moment.